Hello, listeners. This is BM Baby Ninja coming to you with a new podcast called See Through It. See Through It podcast. And when I say see through it, that means see through all the the hype, through all the the glitz and the, the shiny, blinding material from the news and from anyone. See through it and, and see what's really going going on. So I named this podcast See Through It. And in this podcast, I'll be covering sports and video games, two things that I'm passionate about. As the podcast grows, I'll, I'll cover other things that, I, that I'm also into. But for right now, we're just going to cover these two topics. And, and today in these two topics, I got some stuff to talk about. Anthem, the video game that's going to be coming out on across the consoles, uh, coming out February 22nd. And then we want to talk about uh, that shootout, right? The, that amazing Super Bowl that we saw last night. The shootout that happened, right? The, the 13 to 3, the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. But let's jump into this uh, video game called the Anthem. Um, Pre order, the first thing I, I want to address I'm, I'm sick of pre-orders like the the standard edition is coming out on the 22nd this is the game's first game and there, there shouldn't be a standard edition a uh, a pro diamond or whatever there shouldn't be more than one uh, edition coming out since it's his first game it makes sense if there's a second and third copy then you might want to go collector's item or Whatever it is, whatever that, and charge whatever you want to charge, but people, this game is coming out February 22nd for the first time. For the first time, there should only be one copy. I'm just throwing that out there because I've, I've never understood how a game can come out and have three different versions and, and then charge you all this money in the game. We don't really know much about it besides the stuff from other... Um, magazines or companies that have written or played and then put out little information about the game so for now on let's just come out with the standard edition charge the $60 and let that be it and then from there if you succeed your second one can come out with two other packages or something like that so first let's let's have that covered next first impressions of this game I'm, I'm I like it. I like it. I like where it's headed. I like how um, so far I'm digging the storyline. It has a seem like a very interesting storyline. Um, you turn the game on and you walking through the city. I personally get a Destiny feel. I feel like it's the first version of Destiny. Um, you're walking through the tower. I, I feel like I'm playing Destiny. Um, in that first screen, you're, you're in first person. Now, the problem that I have with first person is that in this game, first person, I feel like I'm gliding throughout the city. I'm, I'm gliding to go talk to whoever I need to go talk to. It should not be that way. From what I saw, everyone in the city are wearing shoes, they're on their feet, and the only high-tech thing in the city is the javelin suit. So... I don't understand why I'm getting a glide feeling like I'm on a uh, 
skateboard or what's those things called? I forgot what those things are called. Where you can move forward and roll however you want to roll or whatever. I shouldn't feel like I'm on one of those. Or I shouldn't feel like I'm a camera and I'm just flying my way through the city to go talk to whoever whoever I'm talking to. If I'm in first person, I need to be a little bit bobble, a little wobble. I need some head motion, like I'm walking up and down the stairs, you know? So, I, I, I mean, that's a small little detail, but I, that stuff, that stuff matters. You know what I'm saying? That, that stuff matters. Um, but other than that, I mean, after that, you, you look into the javelin suit. After looking at the javelin suit and stepping into it over and over again, I like the detail. I like the detail. Um, it reminds me, so like when, when I was in the army and I would put my vest on, my vest on the inside had padding. So you don't feel the rough material from the, um, the plates and that the, 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 other, uh, like the other fabric against your skin. That javelin suit has a material in it that's kind of puffy, kind of soft cloth that uh, protects you from the hard material of the javelin suit. And I like that. They, they, they included details into the suit. Because at first when I was looking, I was like, why does this look so weird? But then I realized you're going to have that material on you when you put the suit on so you're not feeling the, the, the hard material of the actual suit itself, of the actual suit. So I like that detail of it. Um, the sound of the game, I feel like it can be better. I feel like I wasn't really immersed in the environment that I were in, that I was in. Um, I also feel like that it should be more destruction in the environment, and that's probably because you know Battlefield Five and Battlefield Four. I've been playing those so much that I feel like every game should have some kind of destructivity to the environment. Buildings should be collapsing. There should be massive holes in the ground from uh, grenade strike or mortar strike. Uh, there should be the building, the whole environment that I just went into and did battle and should just be completely wiped out. And that's just from me playing Battlefield. I feel like that the environment should be destroyed. And the game, I mean, the environments that they have are beautiful. Low to high ground is is, is beautiful. The The verticality of the game is just like almost endless. I When I was flying, I don't think I hit a invisible wall. I don't think I was in a box. I don't feel like I was in a box. I feel like I can go as high as I want and low as I want. I, I could go I could go as far as I wanted without the thing telling me, hey, you need to get back into the restricted area, into the restricted area where, of course, my team was at. We were trying to control the zone, so that makes sense. But other than that, I, I didn't feel like I was in a box, invisible box, where there was a, a wall saying, hey, nope. I can keep going and going, but I can't. I can't go no further. You know what I'm saying? So, the game vertical, verticality of the game is awesome. The 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 view of the game, the colors. The game is very colorful, with all the the shooting and the explosions and the fire. Um, very colorful, very colorful game. I, I do like that. It's not dull. They use a nice color palette. Um, it's a very nice looking game. Um, but other than that, I, I, my only two gripes is the, I don't feel like I was really 
immersed in the sound and there was no destructive environments. I feel like the story mode is going to be awesome. The story of the game is going to be very, um, very, let me see, what's a good word for it? I'm going to just say good for right now. I'm going to say good for right now because it was a demo. I don't really know. It could be like how Destiny came out in a story mode where it was like, well, you do this and then you do that. Well, I don't know what you do after that. Uh, you go pick what you do. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't want, I hope that's not what this game is going to be. I hope it's going to be, okay, I need to do this next to do this. Boom, boom, boom. There should be goals for each. Every time you reach one goal, you should be going to the next goal to keep me in the loop of what what's going on in this story. Um, some of ranked javelins in this game and the the I think my favorite javelin is I'm gonna have to say storm the storm javelin and the ranger javelin. Now with the ranger javelin, it's not it has it's not really a special javelin. I don't, I mean I I just like it because I probably because I that's the first javelin you play with. And you get accustomed to it, and you, you you grow fond of it. But it does not it, it does not have one thing that is like very ooh that that's that's very nice, or it doesn't wow you with one anything. It's well balanced in offense and defense. Um, it it, it covers everything. It's just an everything javelin. But I wish they it so in my when they say ranger, I wish it had more firepower. Or I wish it had like unlimited ammo or um, it could it had more guns or something. I, if, if you're going to call it the Ranger, because in my head, when I think of Ranger, I'm thinking of assault, all out assault. He can't be stopped. He's an all out assault. He, he, he's coming for you. He's going he's gonna to use whatever he can to destroy and to conquer the mission. That's what I think when I hear Ranger. So. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ranger number one, even though it's still early. The game comes out the twenty second. I might change it after the, I play the full game and get get leveled up or whatever. But I'm gonna say Rangers number one. I'm gonna go Storm, and I say Storm because it reminds me of the uh, Warlock class in Destiny. It, I mean, and that's my favorite class on Destiny is the Warlock. I feel like it's kind of underpowered, but that's my favorite class is the Warlock. Uh, basically, it seems like I have a super at all times. Uh, I control the sky, and, and I, I like that about the storm. I like that about the storm. And his name is Storm, so X-Men. <laughs> storm. So I'm going to say Ranger 1, 2 is Storm. And then we got Warframe, I mean, not Warframe, Inceptor. Oh, you see how I did that? Warframe, Inceptor. That's what that reminds me. I played Warframe for about two months and then I stopped playing it. And then this game comes out and Inceptor. And I'm like, you know, it, it kind of resembles that. Um, I feel like Inceptor should be more stealthy. It should have like a cloaking Especially since all the all your attacks are gonna be like melees to do like the most damage. 
it's gonna be like melee attack. So I feel like it should be like super stealthy, cloaking. It should be it should be able to teleport. It should be able to uh, be invisible for a long period of time. Um, but maybe all that stuff will be added into the game later. Maybe when you get to higher levels, that stuff is added is is like your next thing. So I'm gonna say Inceptors three. Nope. You know what? I'm going to say Colossus is three and Inceptor is four. Because I don't, it also reminds me of uh, the Hunter in uh, Destiny. The Hunter in Destiny. So, and I, I don't like the Hunter in Destiny. Because I don't like the Hunter in Destiny, I'm going to punish the Inceptor and make Inceptor number four. And uh, Colossus number three. And Colossus is the Hulk Iron Man. Yeah, you you've seen y'all seen that suit? Y'all seen Iron Man, the Hulk suit? Yeah, that's what Colossus is. It's big. It can take tons of damage, and it has endless amount of of weaponry. So it's like War. Um, what's his name? Oh, I forgot his name, but the Gray Iron Man. I can't remember his name. The Gray Iron Man and Hope combined together to make Colossus. And that's 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 what that is. He's big. He has tons of guns and he can destroy some stuff. So, boom. So, again, we got Ranger at number one. We got Storm at number two. We got Colossus at number three. And we got Inceptor at number four. And Inceptor's at number four because, like I said, I feel like Hunter... Is overpowered. Inceptor reminds me of Hunter and Warframe. They they all remind me of Inceptor. Inceptor is a com- combination of both of those put into one. Um, but so far, I mean, the game seems like it plays very well. Besides all the hiccups of the the bad startup and um, the bad servers when the game was released on demo. But other than that, I mean. The game seemed like it has some good potential. And for right now, for right now, I'm going to rate the game of five. I was about to say six. I'm going to say five. Because, again, like I said, the game is very new. It's its first. Uh, we all know who the creators are. Um, we're all very familiar with, familiar with um, Mass Effect and Bioware. So uh, I don't want to go off that reputation and be like, you know what? This is going to be a grand slam. Because... I mean, this is a whole different type of game. So I'm going to put it at a five. And when the game comes out on the 22nd, I'm going to run, not run through it, but I'm going to play it and really see what what we didn't get to see in the demo and see what we actually see in the game and, and come out with a better score if the game deserves a better score. So for right now, I'm going to say Anthem um, on a demo version is a five out of 10. So I I, I believe that's a, that's a good start for a demo and We'll see where it goes from there. Like this year, this could be the year of Anthem. This year could be a year of Anthem. It's coming out early. We got some big games that's coming out. Uh, well, to me, MLB The Show is coming out in March. And uh, Division 2. So this this could be the year that Anthem makes makes a stronghold. Put, put, put the year in a chokehold. It's coming out early, so it has enough time to put out all these patches to fix it and and, and really grab people's um, attention. So that's that. 
on the anthem. So make sure you go get it. February 22nd is when it comes out. I will be getting this on the PS4. If you want to play with me, my gamer tag name is BMW Ninja 5. BMW Ninja 5. Just send me a friend request or a play request, and we can definitely link up and uh, play that game on the 22nd when it comes out. On to the second story, the second topic. That game that was in Atlanta, Georgia. The game within the game, within the game, within the game. Who would have thought that this game was going to come down, come down to defense? Who would have thought that? You got Sean McVay, the, the mastermind of offense, the young gun, with Jared Goff leading a team that's been offensively just dominating the NFL. Going against old Tom Brady. Tom Brady with the the walking cane and the gray hair and the supermodel wife. Uh, with Bill Belichick, the angry man as the coach. Who would have thought this game would have ended the way it ended? That it was going to be played the way it was played. Mind-blowing. When this game, before the game started, I tweeted out keys for St. I mean, not St. Louis. Wow. <laughs> wow, St. Louis. Man, that must suck. St. Louis had that team for a long time. And they saw effortless players go out there and do nothing, put no effort into anything and then they moved to LA and boom two good seasons and a great season this year but wow St. Louis anyway LA keys for LA and New England to win and the keys that I put out there for New England to win was to the O-line needed to dominate the game needed to dominate the line of scrimmage they had to protect Tom Brady from um, Aaron Donald Namaka Sue. Namaka Sue. And I think they did a I think they did a pretty good job. He only took four hits. He got sacked once. So I, I think they did a that's a, that's a pretty good job. He wasn't under no real distress. There was a lot of times where he was back there just holding the ball, trying to figure out who was gonna get open. The Rams played played a good defensive game. Played a good defensive game. So to dominate the line of scrimmage. The running backs had to contribute. Not saying they had to have, they had to rush for like 200 yards. Uh, Tony Michelle had to have 175 yards rushing and and uh, um, Burkhardt had to be unstoppable. They just had to contribute. When the ball was put in their hands, they had to make do of the of those touches. And I would say they, they definitely did that. They contributed. It kept, it kept the Rams honest. They couldn't just sit back there and just be like waiting for the pass, which was weird because in the first quarter, New England, for some reason, I don't know why, but they felt like they needed to go pass, pass, pass. And something clicked. You know what? Let's get back to the run. Let's mix in some of these runs and then hit them, hit them with a pass, hit them with a pass. Run, run, hit them with a pass, hit them with a pass. So uh, they they did their part. They contributed. So the O-line dominated. 
or they did their part. I don't want to say dominated. So they, they did their part. The running backs did their part. And the defense did their part. Now, I said in there, I said, the defense can bend because there, there was going to be some breakdowns. You're going, you, I mean, you're going against an offensive juggernaut. So there was going to be some bending, but the Patriots could not break. And they showed that in the game against Kansas City. They did some bending, but when it was time to put the clamps on it, it did not break. They did some bending against Kansas City, but they did not break. Uh, so in, they, in this game, they did the same thing. They gave up some plays. They gave some plays here and there they, where you were, where you would be watching and you would be like, man, I think St. Louis, I mean, St. Louis, goodness gracious. Wow, I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> where you would be like, L.A. is about to score. You know what? I blame it on those jerseys. Those stupid yellow and blue jerseys. That is, St. Louis would sue L.A., to keep those colors in St. Louis. Just like how Seattle kept the colors of the green and yellow in Seattle. Oklahoma can't use those colors. Yeah, St. Louis should definitely <laughs> take their colors back. I can't believe they wore that blue and yellow. Anyway, the LA Rams, when you were watching the LA Rams move on down the field, you was like, okay, they about to score now. And they didn't. The defense was bending, but they did not break. So there you, you got the O-line doing what they needed to do, the running backs contributing every time they touch the ball, and the defense playing as a unit, not breaking, not breaking. Uh, Chung having that injury was, I thought was going to be like huge. On that one play where Kuss got open, they said it, they probably was a breakdown in communication. That was a busted play. You're going to have those sometimes. That was a busted play, but they did not score. And, I mean, other than that, there was no real, like, uh, breakdown of, uh, on the defense with uh, Chungong. Like, the Patriots played a very good defensive game, and they played as a unit. Van Noy and Hightower lived in the backfield. Lived in that backfield. Jared Goff is going to be dreaming about Noy. And Hightower for the rest of the for the rest of the offseason. For the rest, I mean the, the Patriots hit him every time he had the ball. Every time he had the ball. Every time. So on the keys that I put out there, the Patriots deliver on all those keys. On all those keys. The LA Rams, their keys to victory were to. Um Gurley needed to at least touch the ball 18 times, either running or catching. He needed to touch the ball 18 times. That didn't happen. Gurley had 11 touches. 11. Three, three of those touches were on penalty of holding. One was on, a I think, an 11-yard run that had to come back and, and some other runs. But he wasn't effective. And you can't blame him. His knees, I mean, he had a bad knee. And it's hard to, I mean, one day you're feeling like your knee is good. And before that day is over, it could be 7 o'clock. You're like, whoa, my knee not feeling right. And it's, it's, I mean, knees are funny. 
They said he felt good throughout the week, and but during warm-ups, he didn't look that well. Or towards getting closer to the game, he didn't look that good. And the coaches knew that. He knew that, and he was limited. Because I'm pretty sure if he was 100%, Todd Gurley would have been on that field. Todd Gurley would have had at least 20-plus touches. But they couldn't. he couldn't go. And that hurt their offense. Because they couldn't get east and west like they wanted to. They couldn't get east and west. And a good way to stop east and west is going north and south. You can't. The defense couldn't go east and west with that team. Because you, you, you outrun them or you get out of position. And that's not good. The Patriots stayed true and went north and south. I think one time they got caught out of position. But then they got back into what they knew they were supposed to be doing. And they shut that down. The Rams did not go east and west after, after that. I think after the second quarter, they stopped that. They were, they were done with that because they was losing yards. The Rams needed to hit their screens. They didn't hit their screens. They couldn't, they couldn't get into their screen offense because you couldn't go east and west. Uh, and the playmakers for the Rams, absent. Brandon Cooks is only like 5'10", 5'9", somewhere around there. He's not a big body receiver. He's not a handsy receiver. He's a speed receiver. He had three big drops in that game. Three costly drops in that game. The one where he was open for five, ten seconds. And that's on Jared. He said he had to put that on the line. And I'm pretty sure Jared knew that. Like, he had to get that ball in there, like, right now. Like, you see that, you you get it there. Right now, right now. That ball had to be in his hands. But Cordy covered 20 yards <laughs> to make up for the blown um, blown play. Covered 20 yards to, recover, to, to make sure that touchdown didn't happen. And then the others were just drops. It just drops. That interception, Gilmore... He said he was sitting on that the whole time. He could not believe that Jared threw him the ball. Basically, like they, he probably felt like he was making eye contact. Like, hey, I'm throwing that ball over there anyway. And he threw it. And if I mean, if you're going to throw it in the corner, you're looking the cornerback in his eyeball, and he's looking you in your eyeball, there's only one or two things that's going to happen, deflection or interception. Deflection or interception. And that's exactly what happened. Interception. So the three the keys for the LA Rams to win, they, they didn't cover on any of that. They they did not show up offensively. McVay said it. He got out coach. He got out coach. I mean, that's point blank period. That, the defenses were the defense didn't have any help. Offensively, they were doing nothing. They were doing nothing. That was a, I personally, and I liked the game because it was a defensive game. It wasn't very, I mean, I get it. It wasn't very drama filled or like, ooh, no, it was no wild moments or ooh, or like, oh my God, like none of that, none of, I mean, besides the field goal he missed. <laughs> I, was like, I can't believe he missed the field goal. But other than that, I mean, it wasn't, you didn't get those moments. Some of the commercials gave you some woo-ah moments. 
maybe. Halftime show was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I had that moment. But other than that, it was a defensive game. It was a game within the game. Who was going to make the right play? Who was going to? So the defense defense wasn't given anything. They wasn't given anything. So you had to take what the defense was given. There was a sequence where the Patriots ran three plays. The same play. The exact same play over and over again. Hitches on the outside. Streaks in the inside. And the one closest to the line ran an option route. Basically, you read whatever they're doing in the DPs and the linebackers. You, you see whatever they're doing and you counter. And they had a field day. I mean, they had a field day right there. Brady is my definition of a quarterback manager. And he's not a quarterback manager all the time. But when he needs to manage the game, Brady is that guy. He's not going to take possessions away from his team. He's not going to put his defense in a bad position. He's a quarterback manager, and that's what you want. You got your coach. And you have your manager, and that's the the manager is the quarterback on the field. He's going to keep his team in position to win the game at all times. So the knock on quarterback managers, I used to hear that all the time. I you know why I used to hear that all the time. I'm a, I mean I'm, let me just say it, I'm an Alabama fan. We've never had a superstar quarterback, never had a high power quarterback, till now. And now, I wish we never had a high-powered quarterback. <laughs> but, I mean, because once you get a high-powered quarterback, you want to force things. You want to just do all kinds of things that's not that's not in your thing. That's, that's not in your lane. You know, all year, the Patriots have not, were, was not an explosive offensive team where they was putting up 400 passing yards or totaling 500 yards a game or something like that. They played smart. All year. They did what they needed to do to win the game. Tom Brady managed the game. He saw what he needed. He he saw what the defense was giving him. And he's like, okay, I'll take that. Boom, dump off here. Oh, slant there. Oh, hitch there. Oh, dump off to the running back. And that's what you want in a quarterback. You want the quarterback to read the defense. If the defense is taking away your your go routes. Take the underneath route. If they're taking that away and your, your running back is out in the flat, give the running back the ball. You want the best opportunity to win. And that's what Tom Brady does countless times over and over again. So I think he is the definition of a quarterback manager. And it's not a knock. There's, that's not a bad thing. Somehow the media has turned quarterback manager into a the worst thing possible. Like somehow it means you can't throw the ball more than 10 yards or more than five yards. Both quarterbacks in this game average six. Nope. Tom Brady averaged 7.5 and uh, Jared averaged six yards of throw for completion. You take what the defense gives you. You do not throw the ball down the field 
even though sometimes it's exciting. You take the ball and shotgun, you roll out, you throw it to a receiver that's 20 yards down the field, he's he's triple covered, and somehow the receiver comes up with it. I mean, that's exciting. You're like, whoo, oh my God, how did he catch that? What a throw. Meanwhile, the coach is on the sideline like, why? I'm glad he caught it, but why would he make that throw? When the running back is standing right in front of the coach, seven yards. Take the seven yards. But we want to go for the big plays. And that's the problem in the NFL. Everyone's excited about the new guys throwing the ball so far, making these big plays. But when it comes down to the to the clutch game, to the game where sometimes your offense ain't, the defense is not giving you that. Do you have a quarterback on your team that's going to be like, okay, they're taking all that away. I'm not going to force the ball. I'm going to take what the defense gives me, and we're going to ball control. That was another key for the New England Patriots. Ball control. Because I, like I said, I thought it was going to turn out into a shootout. I had the score going 31-24 New England. So I felt like New England was going to have to possess the ball you know, put drives together and score, which are which they are more than capable of doing. But this time they did it in a different way. They controlled the clock, they controlled the line, and they played defense, they ran the ball, they made the catches that they needed to make. They did what they needed to do to win this game. And that's what it boils down to. Tom Brady is the GOAT. He is the GOAT. Everyone that's out there hating, you have to stop it. You have to. You have to stop it. I know everyone's tired of seeing Tom Brady win. Tired of seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Tired of it. But now I understand it. Because I used to hate seeing LeBron James win. But when greatness is doing what it's doing, you I mean, you have to stand back and be like, you know what? This is quite a feat. Like, Wow. Wow. Nine Super Bowls. LeBron James on a crazy streak of however many finals he's been to. I don't keep, I didn't keep track because like I said, I never rooted for him. Except when he was in Miami because I like Dwayne Wade. But they all got something in common. Also Alabama. People don't like seeing Nick Saban and Alabama Nation win. But you have to appreciate what they're doing. You have to appreciate greatness. You can't say you're a fan of greatness and don't like what great teams or great players are doing. You can't say that. It's very hypocritical. You cannot say that. I've never been the one to say I like greatness. No, I've always been like, I like my team, and that's it. But there's people out there, analysts, sports analysts, reporters, other players. I love greatness. That's why I like him. I like, well, if that's the case, then you you have to like other great things. Serena Williams. Great. Chicago, when they was doing a streak in hockey. He was playing great hockey. Pittsburgh. 
great thing. You, you, you have to, when you see it, you have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge it. And Tom Brady is the GOAT. He is the GOAT. New England owns the NFL right now. And he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. So much of me wanted to see, I wanted to see Patrick Mahomes and Jerry Goff. Because that game on Monday night was exciting. The points that was put up was exciting. Some of the defense, they had defensive play, defensive plays or defensive series that happens, but for the most part, it was they was out there slinging that ball around. Some people will tell you that the game last night was boring because of the score. 13 to 3. I get that. But that's why there's a defense to keep things like that from happening. That's why they play defense. If if we if we didn't want to have real defenses out there, they shouldn't hire defensive coordinators or anything. They should actually they should be out there uh playing with flags. They should be out there playing with flags if we don't want defenses. If we don't like seeing defensive players, we don't like seeing defensive schemes. Wade Phillips did an awesome job against Tom Brady. Another thing, not everyone is a head coach. Wade Phillips is a great, not, I'm not going to say great, a very good, very good defensive coordinator. And some people just need to realize, hey, this is my niche. I'm a coordinator. I'm not a coach. I'm a coordinator. I draw up schemes. I can get the players to buy into the scheme, and we can make some things happen. It's okay to be a coordinator. Everyone can't be the chief. Everyone cannot be a chief. Because if everyone's the chief, who's working? Who's working? No. Build your, your legacy and what you know how to do. Stay in your lane. Wade Phillips is a good coordinator. There's only so many coaches. And that's why we always see so many coaches getting fired after a year or after two. Two years or so. But that was a good Super Bowl. It was a good Super Bowl. And um uh, I want to say congratulations to the New England Patriots, to the New England Patriots fans. I know a couple that are super fans of those Patriots. I'm sure they enjoyed that night, stress-free. Stress-free was a, don't want to say it was an easy victory, but it, was, it wasn't very complicated. They didn't have to get their heart tested <laughs> at the end of this game, but uh, it was a good game. So that will put an end to the show before I before I put an end to the show though. But just make sure you guys, when you're you're watching greatness, recognize that it's greatness. Don't hate. Don't be like, but uh, my team was better, or they cheating, or come on, stop it. You still gotta 
put on the helmet. You still got to put on the pad. You still got to get out there and score and stop someone. If they cheating, why you not cheating? I mean, if if they've been cheating this long, nine Super Bowls, why is no one else cheating, not cheating? I don't get it. If they cheating for nine seasons, why isn't anyone else cheating? That makes no sense. Stop it. Just, just stop it. Recognize how great this man is and how great of an organization the Patriots are running to never have to deal with drama or the nonsense that other teams have to deal with. We don't even know how the culture is in New England, but we know we don't hear any nonsense coming out of that, out of that facility. Never hear any nonsense coming out of that facility. So respect what they're doing. You don't have to like them. Respect what they're doing. Respect Tom Brady. Respect LeBron James for what he's doing. I'm saying it. I, I'm, I'm going to respect him too. Because what he's doing is awesome. I mean, he's, he's, he's doing an awesome. He, he's, he's doing an awesome job. My favorite player still is Michael Jordan and the new age now is Kevin Durant, but he's doing an awesome job. So respect it. Respect Alabama. Respect those teams. Boston Celtics. Boston, no, not Boston Celtics. The Red Sox, the Yankees. Respect what these teams do year in and year out. They have to go through a lot put those teams back on the field and to get back to reach that. That's that's a that's a lot of work. So that concludes the show for today. I'll come over the schedule and try to do a show every Tuesday or Tuesday, Friday or something like that. But for more info if, or if you want to talk to me or send me a question or whatever. Want to talk up the game or whatever? I'm on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at BMW Ninja Gaming at B Sales, S A I L E S. Or follow the podcast series, See Through It. It's also on Twitter, See Through It at See Through It. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys have a, a wonderful week. Again, congratulations to the New English. England Patriots Nation. And see you guys later.